All right, welcome back to episode two. Um, I don't really, I don't really know exactly where today's episode is going to take us, but let's see. So I wanted to start out by talking about the detachment of the mind um, and how to detach from your own thoughts. See, in the book that I've been reading, um, I just finished it. And one of the hardest concepts for me to grasp was that I am not my thoughts. I am aware of my thoughts. I am the observer of my thoughts. So therefore, due to the subject-object relationship between me and my thoughts, that does not make my thoughts who I am, was essentially what the book was teaching me. And I really struggled to understand that. I literally put the book down for a couple of days and I just observed my thoughts and I just thought about the way it felt to think. And what I concluded was that it was absolutely true. Like 110%, I couldn't even figure out how to argue it. But it was a really hard thing to accept. I was like, I've defined myself by my thoughts, my entire existence. Since the day I came out of the womb, you know, like you have a negative thought and then that thought leads to another another negative thought or opposite. I have a positive thought and it leads to another positive thought and then I'm having a really great day. I've labeled what happens when you have one thought that spirals into many, many, many other thoughts and then you don't even remember what the first thought was. That's a thought spiral or a thought hole. I don't even know my own terminology, but that's a thought hole. And I find that I get in thought holes all of the time. That is literally the only conclusion that I have con- that I've come to since I've begun to just observe my thoughts rather than identify with them is that I literally will go into thought holes 99% of the time. 99% of the time I have one thought that leads to another thought that leads to the thought after that and then I don't even know where I go. Like I just, I go bonkers. And I think that this happens because I'm constantly questioning what is happening around me. Like I literally am like, how did I get here? What am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Hello? Like what? And at the end of the day, I think I've concluded by talking to other humans that we all essentially feel this way when we really think about it and we choose not to think about it because we're afraid to think about it because that's a really scary thought to think about the way that we exist as humans and how it's actually probably hurting us more than it is helping us. Um, I don't know. It depends who you talk to. That was the thought hole. I don't even know where I was going with that. I have really learned that by this detachment, by not associating or identifying yourself with your thoughts, you don't know how you identify. That took away my identity. I really had to be like, okay, well, if I'm not my thoughts, then who am I? And I am the observer. I'm the awareness. And that's consciousness. That's that's where you sit and you observe, right? And from that seed, you 
begin to identify yourself with the things that you're feeling. And in the book I was reading, he was talking about how that's not, like you're not your emotions, you're not your feelings, but I kind of disagree. I think that the points that he brought up were very true, but I disagree with that specific statement. I think that though that is life being aware of those emotions and like fully feeling them and being with every sensation that you feel like my love language is physical touch and I I didn't want to identify with that as my love language for a long time because the same way that it's my love language it's also one of the biggest ways that I show myself hate and that got me thinking about the way that our love language really does speak so much. Look into your love language and how that has affected your life and how it, that affects your existence and what you can be doing to show yourself more love and start there. Start there. Start with that love to yourself, you know, like physical touch is mine. So, you know, like self-massage, massage it. Whoa self-massages anyways self-massages are a big thing for me like I like to rub my feet and put lotion on there and you know put on some fuzzy socks after and like being comfortable in my body is a big way that I feel safe and I feel secure and I think that that can be true for all different love languages like words of affirmation you know let's take that one for example like you probably have a lot of self-hate in your talking, the way that you speak about yourself and the way you speak about others. Like where there is love is probably your biggest hate, your biggest forms of hate. The ability to look at your life as an awareness rather than somebody who is emotionally weighed down by it. You know, you have all these emotional ties is a great strength is a great strength, but it can be a weakness. There is precaution there. Like you don't want to be so aware of your life that like you're just not experiencing it anymore. You don't want to be sitting there like numb and not feel anything because you know that you're just you're just witnessing it. The awareness is when you can look and feel and identify everything in your surrounding and just be there with it just be there with it not fighting with it just allowing it to be there and there there's a lot of work to go into that and that's something that I am really I get to be I'm really hard on myself just straight up I'm really hard on myself um, when it comes to self-improvement and that is exactly why I started a self-improvement podcast the fastest way to apply self-improvement tricks and tips is to have patience and that's the answer that nobody wants to hear but it's the truth what is self-improvement if it's driven by self-hate self-improvement should be driven by self-love because you are worth it you are worth the improvement if it's driven by a dislike and desiring change from something like you hate something so much that you want it to be different 
I think that there is an improvement to be made there rather than an understanding of why you're there. An exploration of how maybe you got there. Like, what are you still holding on to that's keeping you here? I think that self-improvement driven by hate is where we need to be, is where we need to be still. And the self-improvement that's driven by love is where we can actually grow from. That's where we can actually make self-improvement. And you will find that when you look at your self-growth journey and how you've evolved as a human, that's actually true for all of the changes that you've made in your life. For me, um, hmm. for me, one change that um, I've been working on recently is where my mind goes where I'm da- when I'm dancing. And that's an improvement um, that's being made out of love because I love the art, but I've gotten so tied up in it, just being involved in it for so long that um, it's really easy to turn your brain off and just go into autopilot when you've been doing it for 14 years. And that was a self-improvement choice made out of love. But there are plenty of self-improvement choices that we make out of hate. Like a big one in today's society would be like eating healthy. You do it because you hate your body and you don't like where it, where it's at, you know? And that's, and that's made out, that's a decision made out of hate. Not a decision made out of love because you love your, like, no matter how you try to twist it, and you will try to twist it, like there are ways to fool yourself. We're humans. We'll believe what we want to believe, right? There are ways to lie to yourself and tell you that um, you're making decisions out of self-love when you're not. And I've done it before many, many times. And I still do it to this day because I'm not perfect. Because I'm human. When you start to want, when you start to crave change, that's where that's what you got to ask yourself: Am I, am I resisting something I don't want to feel, or am I, am I avoiding it? And what is what is this going to do for me in my future? Like long term, is me running and hiding from pain, from hurt? Is that something that I want to be doing? Is that something that's going to come up later in the future and I'm going to have to deal with it all over again? Or if I run into it now, am I going to keep going? If I run into it now, am I going to just deal with it now and not have to revisit it later? Because we can only truthfully push off life lessons for so long, right? Like, at the end of the day, whatever you believe in, like this is this doesn't have to be religious or anything. At the end of the day, by the time you die, you will probably have experienced at least one life lesson multiple times. 
So whether that's with relationships or with health or like, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, I'm really failing with um, examples today for some reason. Whatever that may be, you're going to experience certain life lessons multiple times. I don't know. It's, it's just until you get it, until you face it, until you accept it, until you're there with it, until you're present with it, you're going to have to. And that's that release into that into that potential pain or that potential hurt or that potential negativity and that acceptance of it right there in that moment when you decide that you're going in head first. That allows you to just flow through it rather than be upset that you're experiencing it, which is kind of just a thought hole in itself that you're mad at yourself, that you're feeling this negative thing and then it's just like negativity on negativity on negativity. But if you're just, if you're just there and you're just aware and you're just experiencing it as it is and no longer resisting it, you're just, it's just happening. And that's all it is and that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to linger any longer. So next time you're dealing with something that really sucks, then it just fucking sucks. How can you just deal with it then? How can you just be at peace with it then? Instead of continuing to push it off further and further into the future and have to revisit it when you're 65 years old and retired and you're having to relive the same life lesson that you were supposed to learn when you were 19 like if like by the time I'm 65 I hope that I won't have it all figured out because nobody ever will but I hope that I can at least look back and think damn I'm glad I took my own advice there and I just went head in and I just was like here I am you know, like, self-love and self-worth is so interesting because it's like nobody has, nobody has it. For some reason, nobody wants to love themselves. But like, we all want it, but we don't actually want it. Because that means that we have to love the parts of ourselves that we that we don't want to. Right? Like I don't love I don't love that sometimes I get into such a work state of mind that I burn myself out. I don't love that. But I love my drive and I love that. You know what I mean? Like it's those kinds of things those kinds of juxtapositions if you will that are so interesting and that's exactly what I was talking about and like with your love language is that like there are juxtapositions within every love language too like in the ways that you are showing yourself the most love you are also showing yourself the most hate
don't know, man. I'm just letting myself talk right now. I feel like this has bounced around like six or seven times. But you know what's interesting? Is that we feel so much that we resist. We resist so much too. We resist all of those sensations, all of those feelings, and we don't want to feel them. Or at least I do. Maybe I can only speak for myself there. Is I really, I really try, I like wake up and I go into this mode of like trying not to feel. Like, that's not, that, <laughs> that defeats the whole purpose of life. And recently on my self-love journey, I've decided that I am worth experiencing life with every emotion and every sensation to its max capacity because that is living and that is living with passion my friend I didn't deem myself worthy of experiencing life for a second I woke up and I didn't want to feel anything and I would just do what I could to set myself up for success in the future without even really enjoying the process now where's the fun in that if you can't enjoy the process the destination is not worth it for real for real and that goes for everything like yeah there are things that need to happen that like aren't the most fun but how can you make it fun because it's all up to you every single thing that you experience is up to you and what you deem worthy to be felt or experienced So if you deem feeling negative and feeling like self-pity and sadness and anger are your only options, they're your only options right now and that's all that you deem worthy to be felt, then go ahead. But I personally think that I deem just the simple fact that the sun sometimes shines in the middle of winter when it's just snowy and cold the beautiful sun comes outside and the rays just hit your face just right and you just soak up that sun i think that is worth something even on the worst adventures on the worst days it's like having that playful attitude to approach everything you do in life with like what am i feeling how am i experiencing this and what about it feels good and if it doesn't feel good should i be looking somewhere else should i exploring a new avenue you know, and it's all because of self-worth. It all comes down to self-worth. How crazy is that? Every single thing that happens externally in our material world and in our surroundings, in our environment, like, it stems from inside. Nobody, like, there are things happening with you, but nothing's happening to you. And you can choose to partake in that or not. And we've proven that through things like dissociation or like even just with like mental illness, like depression and anxiety, like you're not actually present. Like you can just choose not to be present in any moment. But it's choosing to be present. And it's like once you start choosing to be present because you deem yourself worthy of being present and of experiencing life for everything it has to offer. Oh my 
God does things change. Like, for real, for real, things change. It's so wild. It's so crazy. So at the very least, if you've gathered nothing, know that you have the power to deem life worthy of being felt. Just simply by being present. Just by being present and one of the first steps to take to be truly being present in your everyday life is being aware of your thoughts and not being with them. Boom. I just wrapped this whole episode up into one sentence. I can't even believe I did that because that was a lot of tangents. But like, seriously, being present is so key. It's so key and it's determined by your your ability like it's determined by what you deem yourself worthy of. And personally, even on bad days, even in negative moments, I'll be completely raw here. I I I was in a bad mood before I started recording this and I needed to take a moment and I just needed to just be in my bad mood and like not want to and like as much as I tried to dissociate and tried to resist and I did a little bit I won't even lie I went down that TikTok rabbit rabbit hole you know as much as I tried to resist it there were just having this awareness of like I'm not my thoughts I'm allowed to have bad moments and I can be here with them just having the awareness to rely on in those bad moments it helps you start making steps man it just helps you start making steps i'm not saying that you're going to get this awareness and you're going to master it you're not going to be able to master it every single time because you've already been wired to experience things from a certain perspective for so long well now i'm getting tangential again and I have many more, m- wow, boop, 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 many, 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 many more episodes to come. So we're going to leave it here. Your presence is deemed by your self-worth. And the first step to being present is detaching from your thoughts that's one step and I don't want to I don't want to say detach because I don't well I've said that this whole episode so I think we're just gonna have to stick with it but don't go numb still be here because you're wanted here and you're loved anywho I've said I'm gonna end it like seven times so I'm just gonna stop recording now goodbye